The following message was recorded at Fountain of Life Fellowship in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, visit www.folfcrc.com. That's Luke chapter 8. We're going to look at verses 40 to 56. Uh, let's turn our ears to the Word of God. Now, when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And there came a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue, and falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. As Jesus went, the people pressed around him, and there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years, and though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Peter said Master, the crowds surround you, surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, eh, someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came and said, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, Do not fear, only believe, and she will be well. And when he came to the house, he allowed no one to enter with him except Peter and John and James and the father and mother of the child. And all were weeping and mourning for her. But he said, Do not weep, for she's not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But taking her by the hand, he called, saying, Child, arise. And her spirit returned, and she got up at once, and he directed that something should be given her to eat. And her parents were amazed, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. This is God's word. We are continuing our study in the book of Luke, and we just finished two stories that shows Jesus' power over the natural world. Then we saw Jesus' power over the supernatural world, over demons. Today we are going to see Jesus' power over sickness and death, making Jesus the Lord of Lords, the Lord of glory. And our question today from our text is, what can we hope for when we put our faith in him? What can we hope for when we put our faith in Jesus Christ? In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, we have a definition of faith. It says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So faith is having complete trust in the reality of God and his promises. Have you ever had your trust broken by someone? You, you, you put your faith in them, and you thought they were going to deliver what you hoped for, and they didn't? Wasn't it one of the hardest times to go through? Can you trust them again? Or is it in the back of your mind, I don't know if you're going to be able to do what I'm hoping that you're going to do. 
we're going to see Jesus today and what we can hope for when we completely trust that he is who we, he says he is and he's going to do what he says he's going to do. We, may be, we, have been, we might have been hurt before by people and things, all that the world has offered us. But those who put their faith and trust in Jesus will never have their faith broken. They're never going to be disappointed. Actually, their faith will grow over time. So there are five things from this text that we are going to see that we can expect when we put our faith in Jesus. And the first thing I'd like to say, it's, it's the umbrella over the rest of my points. The most miraculous thing that we can hope for when we put our faith in Jesus is that he's going to respond to us. He's going to respond to us. This king of glory who commands the wind and the waves, this king of glory whom the demons beg from and are afraid of, will respond to us when we have our faith in him. The second thing we're going to see is that he's going to respond in his own time, on his time, not necessarily our time. When we can expect a complete cleansing from sin, a complete cleansing from sin, we can also expect new identity, a new title over who you are now. And we can expect new life. We can expect new life. So there's five things. And the first thing is the umbrella over. He's going to respond. This king of glory is going to respond to you. He's going to respond on his own time. Complete cleansing from sin. He's going to give you new identity and new life. Last week we saw Jesus being kicked out of a town of the Gerasenes. Okay? They didn't want Jesus there. They were afraid of him. And they kicked him out. And he left. And he traveled across the sea to another group of people who actually had a completely different attitude towards Jesus. They were welcoming him. They were all waiting for him. They couldn't wait to see him. And from this group, there was a man named Jairus who made his way through the crowd. And we see him fall at Jesus' feet. Now, who's this Jairus character? It says that he's the ruler of the synagogue. A synagogue is a place of worship where the Jews would meet on a weekly basis and they would worship God. They would hear the scripture being read, they would sing psalms, and they would worship God. This man was the ruler over that building. So he's the one who picks the songs, he's the one who picks who reads, and he's the one who picks what is read. So in a sense, he's like the ruler of the community. He's, a, he's responsible for the spiritual health of that community. And we see him coming through the crowd, falling at Jesus' feet. What's driving him there? It says that he had a daughter who was 12 years old and was dying. He had a daughter who was 12 years old and was dying. There's a time clock on his daughter. Him being a, a, the leader of the community probably had access to doctors, probably had access to physicians. And now he's, he's realizing, well, no one's healing her. She's going to die. Jesus is over here. I've heard stories about him. I'm going to go right to him. He humbles himself, and he falls to Jesus' feet. He's, in a way, he's also saying, Jesus, I may be ruler of the synagogue, but you now are ruler over me. I may be the ruler of this community, but Lord, you're the ruler over me. 
This man's situation is very similar to the centurion. Do you guys remember the centurion? And he had a sick slave, and the sick slave was also dying. The difference, though, we see is that the centurion had faith in Jesus in a way that, Jesus, you don't have to come to my house to heal my sick slave, right? What does he say? Say the word, and my servant's going to be healed. You don't have to come and touch my servant, and he's going to be healed. Just say it. He's going to be healed. And Jairus here doesn't have that kind of faith. If we were to compare two faiths, we would say that the centurion has greater faith. And the Jewish leader doesn't have. He has weaker faith in comparison to the centurion. Jesus, what did he do with the centurion's faith? How did he, he, didn't he applaud the centurion faith? He turned around. Not even in Israel have I found such faith. That is all to say, strong faith will always be applauded, but weak faith will never be rejected. Say it again. Strong faith will always be applauded, but weak faith will never be rejected. You don't get that from Jesus. You don't get this idea that Jesus might be like, oh, your faith is not really where it needs to be. Do better. We don't see that at all. Have you ever interacted with Christians that seem to be more, more varsity level? Like, you would think, wow, they are so close to God. I bet you, right when they ask something from God, God responds. So let's go to them for prayer. Wow, their faith is so much greater than I. Why would God even look at me when they, this person is right here? Has that ever happened to you in your minds? It happened to me a lot. From my teachers, from pastors. It's like, man, look at them. Their faith is so strong. What am I? Maybe God doesn't care about me. No. Strong faith will always be applauded by Jesus. You have great faith. But weak faith will never be rejected by him. Be encouraged. Don't stay away. Come to the Lord Jesus with your faith. Whatever faith you have, come to him. He's not going to reject you. So this, this uh, Jarius guy says, well, can you come to my house? And Jesus went with him. That's our first point. Jesus responds to Jarius' his faith. He's going with him. And then we get this crowd, and it says, the people pressed around him. And the Greek and the wording here is actually, they were utterly choking him. They were crushing Jesus. Jarius has a daughter. Time is clicking. She's going to die soon. Jesus is making his way to Jarius' house, and these people are holding him back almost. They are crushing him. He's going. Jesus is making his way. He is responding. It's going to be on Jesus' time, right? Jarius probably wanted it right away. <laughs> Jesus, you know, Moses, he, he divided the Red Sea. Divide these people up and come, come to my daughter. The people are pressing him. There's a crowd of people. They're all grabbing on Jesus. And then we get introduced to a woman. For 12 years, this woman has been considered unclean. For 12 years, this woman, everything she sat on was considered unclean. If you were to touch that thing she touched, you're unclean. There's special washings you got to do. She's an outsider. She's blending in with the crowd. She doesn't have a name. Everyone from the crowd is pressing and touching Jesus, and she's thinking, 
here's my moment. It's very interesting. She, it says in the Bible, verse 43, and though she had spent all her living on physicians, what does it say? She couldn't what? She couldn't be healed by anyone. She spent everything she has on physicians. And that sickness is not going away. She's an outsider. You can't participate in this. You can't sit there. You can't do that. Don't touch that. Just stay away. Just stay away. And she sees Jesus. And she's heard stories about Jesus. And she thought to herself, this is my moment. This is it. I'm just going to go up of his robe. I'm just going to touch it. This is it. No one's going to notice me. Look, everyone's touching Jesus. She touches Jesus. And what happens? Immediately, her discharge has stopped. And it also stopped Jesus. And you can imagine, have you ever walked with a crowd and then one person stops? Have anyone bumped into everyone else? Like, what's going on here? Okay? For a moment, let's just take a step back. What do you think Jarius is thinking right now? What are you doing, Lord? I prayed. You're responding to my prayer. Why, why are you stopping? Jesus stops, and he asks such a funny question. This is the same kind of question God asked Adam. Where are you? Tree that God made. Jesus says, who touched me? Such a funny question. And I think here Peter is claustrophobic because he's the one who, he's the one who speaks up. <coughs> Jesus is saying, who touched me? And Peter goes, Master, the crowds are pressing you as if I was pressing grapes to make wine. That's the picture. The crowds are pressing you as if I'm squeezing grapes to make wine. You're asking who touched you? What a silly question, Master. And I love how Jesus kind of just doesn't, doesn't really respond to his outburst. <laughs> kind of just like, you, you just stay over here. Someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. This sentence is so amazing because every time Jesus heals someone redemptively, a part of him, a power from him goes out to that person. That's how much he gives himself when he heals people. He actually invests himself when he heals someone. And so he asks this question, and it's so funny in the text, when all denied it. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was him. It was him. He pushed me to touch you. Da, 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 da. It says that all is denying it. And he he's wants to know. He's not taking another step. What about Jarius at this time? Okay, we have to go back to the main reason where Jesus is going. He's stopping in a way he's going. What is Jarius thinking right here? Come on, Jesus, forget it. I touched you. Let's just go. Jesus wants to do something here. And it's amazing. This woman, what did she hope for when she touched Jesus? Healing. 
She hoped for healing. So what did she do in that hope? She, she reached out to Jesus in faith and touched him. Everybody else who was touching him, there was no faith going on. There was no um, power going out from Jesus. This one woman, nameless, in a crowd, in a sea of people, reached out and touched the, the train of his robe. I mean, he, somebody could have stepped on Jesus, but no, power went out from him. And it says that she was immediately healed. Twelve years of spending all her money on physicians and she could not be healed by anyone, Jesus heals her right then and there. And it wasn't even that Jesus turned around and said, be healed. It was her act of faith that caused her to be healed. So here she comes. She's scared. She's trembling. Oh, no, I'm not hidden. Jesus is singling me out. Everyone is stopping, and this little girl is dying. I, I, I don't know what to do. So she came trembling and falling down before Jesus, and she gave her testimony. She declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she has been immediately healed. That's amazing. She was terrified. Because she realizes now she's in the presence of God. This is something different than she's ever experienced in her life. I mean, 12 years. 12 years going to physician to physician, being kicked out, being this. Nothing in her life was changing. She was never getting better. Boom, she gets healed by Jesus. And Jesus, this whole time, wanted to do this. He wanted to give her a new identity. What does he call her? Daughter. He brought her into the family of God. He brought her in to the family of God. This king of glory, Jesus, whom the devils tremble at. The demons are begging from Jesus. The winds obey Jesus at a moment's word. The waves obey Jesus at a moment's word. This powerful king of the universe walking, and stops this whole procession to look at this nameless girl and call her daughter. Man, so much love, wouldn't you say? He associates with the lowly. He loves the poor. He's also doing this to reinstate her back into the community. Now everybody knows, well, she's healed. Come, let's worship together now. Come, be a part of our celebrations now. Come, be a part of our community now. And Jesus has given that to her. Hey, man, that's, that's amazing, right? And as he was giving her this peace, the same way he gave peace to the winds and the wave, he gave it to this woman who was trembling. Someone, look, let's read it, uh, verse 49. While he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came and said, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. This statement from someone, I don't know who it is, someone, is used to crush this, the faith of this, this ruler of the synagogue. Your daughter is dead. Time's up. Death is too much for Jesus. Don't trouble him anymore. Give up your faith. Don't trust in Jesus anymore. He was late. 
Have you ever felt that way when you pray to Jesus? It just seems like he wasn't prompt, he wasn't there enough. You want to just give up? Say, forget, forget this whole faith thing. I just, I just want to move on now. My daughter is dead. <laughs> Jesus, hearing this, you know what he does? This, whatever faith Jairus might have left, Jesus fans it, fans it, and wants to make it explode. What does he ask of Jairus? Don't fear, and then what? Believe, and she will be made well. That's impossible, right? Jesus is asking this man to have faith in something that's impossible. And Jesus, he, he requires him to believe something that is really, 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 really hard. Now, the thing about Jesus that we know is that he's not going to leave you alone when you are called to believe something very hard. He's going to be with you. Look, he still went to the house. Look, he walks still with Jairus. So he came to the house, and there's a bunch of people crying. In Matthew's account, the, the music is going, and when the music is going, that's like, that's it. We pronounced her dead. Let's begin the funeral process. We need to get this body out of the town because if she stays in the town, then we're all unclean. So let's start the funeral process. Let's do the crying. And this is terrible because she's 12 years old. Let's do this. And Jesus goes in the house with only three. He goes in with Peter, John, and James, and he takes the mother and the, and the father and the mother. And all these people are crying. And he says, don't cry. She's not dead, but sleeping. And there was a group of people that laughed at him. And they laughed at him, Luke tells us, because knowing she was dead. So her, their knowledge of this girl dead, the reality of their day right now is this girl is dead. You're saying something ridiculous and anti to nature, Jesus. She's not sleeping. She's actually dead. We had the physician come and pronounce it. This is it. We're going to do our funeral process now. Laugh at you, Jesus. Let's mock you right now because you're crazy. You know, what does he mean when he says she's not dead but sleeping? How many of you like to sleep? <laughs> Double amen. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Is it hard for someone to wake you up if they put their hands on you and shake you? Sometimes. <laughs> Jesus is trash-talking death here. The same way that I can wake someone up from a nap, I'm going to do it for this little girl. Oh, Jesus, we saw you do a, miracle, a lot of miracles, but, I mean, death is death. Death is death. I mean, that's final. That's our end thing. That's our end result. And look what he does. Jesus goes to the dead body, taking her by the hand. He called and said, child, arise. And it says that her spirit returned, and she got up at once. And Jesus said, give her something to eat. She has her energy. She's walking around. She is speaking. She's alive. She's alive. Now, what are these stories pointing us to? Why read about these stories and look at them? Because he doesn't 
raise every dead person, right? He doesn't heal every sickness, right? He doesn't. But what is it pointing to? It's pointing to a day that all sickness is going to be done with. One day death is going to die, and there's not going to be no more death. How does Jesus make that possible? How does Jesus make that possible that one day all of death is going to be gone and all sickness is going to be gone? How? Well, it's in the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ. What is sin? What is sin doing to us? It's killing us. We are like this girl for 12 years being unclean and an outsider from God. 12 years, right? So this lady, she, she spent all her money on physicians. She wants to be made well. Have you ever tried getting rid of your sin on your own ability? Did you do it? Could not be healed by anyone. So you have accountability for, for, uh, partners, and they are very good. But has the sin gotten taken care of on your own? We needed to be cleansed. We needed to be healed. So look at what happened on the cross. And Jesus went to the cross. And God took our sin that is killing us, making us sick, and keeping us as an outsider from God's presence. God took that sin that's in us and put it on Christ. And Christ was dressed in it. And on the cross... His father judged Christ as if Christ was committing those sins. And Jesus paid the price for sin. What is the wages of sin? Death. Jesus died on the cross wearing our sin. Three days later, Jesus rises from the dead. He rose from the dead. He's promising us that one day we're going to be raised from the dead. Our sin has been paid for on the cross. We saw Jesus die. We put him in a grave for three days. We had a whole funeral for Jesus. And then three days later, he rose from the dead. This is saying that one day you're going to rise from the dead. And those who are in Jesus, those people who Jesus paid for on the cross, are going to rise to eternal life. And then those who don't have their faith in Jesus, they have to pay for the sin that is wearing them. They will be raised, but it's eternal damnation forever. And when you put your faith in Jesus and you trust that he died for you on the cross, he gives you a new title. You're not an outsider anymore. You are now a child of God. As he said to the girl, daughter, he calls you, daughter, son. Man. And more than that, as we saw with this girl rising from the dead, he's going to give us eternal life. We're not going to stay dead. He didn't stay dead. So even though, back to our story, even though it took Jesus a while and it seemed like, uh-oh, you were late, Jesus, the girl died. 
not only, he not only controlled the situation fully and rose the girl from the dead and healed her and had the power, but he did something to Jairus' faith and, his mo- and, and the girl's mother, right? What do you think happened to their faith? Did it get weaker after seeing their daughter walk around? It grew, right? It got stronger, right? The same way for us today. If there's something that you have prayed for from Jesus, don't give up faith. Don't give up faith. Keep going. Why? He is going to bring it to its fullest thing, which is going to be amazing. Look, it says, and her parents were amazed. One day we're going to be amazed at the faith that we had in Christ and what Christ did for us. So, having faith in Jesus, what can you expect? Number one, he's going to respond to you. The king of glory is going to respond to you. It doesn't matter if you have strong faith or weak faith. He's going to respond to you caringly. Okay? He's going to respond on his own time. And his time is actually better than your time. He controls everything. But he's going to also draw out from your, from your faith greater and greater faith. He's going to deepen your faith. He completely cleanses you from sin. When you stand before God, you're not going to be the sick outsider person. You're going to be a person brought in called son and daughter. What else can you expect? New life. New life. Oh, let us put our faith in Jesus. Let us trust him for, for he's going to do what he says he's going to do. He's going to, he, said, he is who he says he is. Let us not be like the mockers who fill their minds up with the knowledge of this world and kind of just stay here. And so when Jesus says something different, we, we mock it and laugh at it like our culture is doing right now. Let's, let's look back at Christ. Let's pray. Thank you for listening, and we invite you to visit us Sunday mornings here at Fountain of Life Fellowship. For more information, visit www.folfcrc.com.